What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Couch Podcast. I am here with Jordan, and today we are going to be discussing the NBA free agency thus far. It is Monday, July 3rd, so we are going to begin. This is going to be a two-part episode, and we're going to begin by talking about the James Harden and Damian Lillard trade requests. Then we are going to be talking about our favorite and least favorite moves from the free agency period. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up by talking about the Jalen Brown and lack of signing his extension so far. Uh, it is 9.41 a.m. on July 3rd when we're recording this, so maybe after this goes out, Jalen Brown has signed, but at the moment, he has not signed yet, so we're going to talk about all that. And then there is going to be a part t- part two coming up later um, where we finalize everything and do more stuff, maybe talk a little summer league as well because that starts today. But for now, here is Jordan and I. All right, here with Jordan and... We're going to begin by talking about the Damian Lillard and James Harden trade request. Um, the James Harden trade request, I think, started off a bunch of moves in free agency that were very unexpected. I think it was going to be a pretty low-key free agency. And then James Harden goes and requests. And from there, a lot of things happen, um, and a lot of teams are going to be making moves to make some you know, depth, I guess, to try and get James Harden. I'm not too sure. But then Damian Lillard... Right after the Blazers give Jeremy Grant a massive contract, a uh, new contract, he goes and he informs the team that he would like to be traded. So now there are two, I guess Damian Lillard's a superstar. We can argue about whether or not James Harden is a superstar, but there are two stars on the board right now who want it out. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Let's start with James Harden because he requested first. Jordan, are there any teams that you can think of that are the favorites to get James Harden? The favorites, I would think, is the Clippers, because I think they can offer a really good package. And I think the Sixers would be open open to doing business um, and getting either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard in return. I, I, would, I would think it's Paul George. And honestly, I think that would be a deal that works for both sides because the Clippers desperately need a point guard and a playmaker. And the Sixers obviously need another star to go along Joel Embiid. And Harden doesn't seem to be that guy when it comes to just overall consistency in the playoffs. So I think I, I like the Clippers. I've seen the Heat mentioned, but it looks like the Heat are going to go after Dame really hard. And I've also seen back to Philly just get mentioned. And it's kind of the one that no one's really talking about. But these are these two trade requests could not be more different and we can get, get more into that later but go ahead on Harden the Clippers I, I don't think the Clippers are a candidate because I don't think they're going to trade Paul George or Kawhi I mean why would you why would you get Russell Westbrook and James Harden back together again and then I get L, uh, Harden's from LA but what have you seen from him that makes you think he's better than Paul George or Kawhi I mean he plays more that's really about it though yeah it's not so much that he's better it's just that he's different and he is the different type of player that they need I think it's been clear with the Clippers and in, in this Kawhi PG era that they really really need a playmaker and someone to slow the pace set guys up and like you said I mean stay on the court but it, it's not like Harden's some Iron Man at this stage in his career but compared to Paul George I think he's at least a better option and he can probably keep the team afloat if Kawhi goes down or when Kawhi goes down the Russ thing is interesting we've said for however long it's been that he should be coming off the bench and I think if Harden went there uh Russ would be great off the bench but if if Russ isn't willing to accept that role then 
maybe not. I mean, it's a weird fit. There's not a lot of spots for Harden to go. Yeah, I I think that what happens here is the Ben Simmons situation where Daryl Morey just sit. It's same GM as uh the Ben Simmons situation as well, and Daryl Morey. I think he stays put until um someone comes up with the best trade offer uh in the future. You know, because we always talk about you don't know who the next superstar is going to be that um you know gets pissed off and wants a trade, and I think Daryl Morey is just going to wait it out, and I think you see James Harden start the season with the Sixers. Um. I'm sure he'll sit out. Uh, he seems like the type of guy to do that and or just play badly. I'm not sure. But either way, I do think that he stays with the Sixers for a long time, maybe even till the trade deadline, um, because I don't think Daryl is going to let himself lose a trade almost to his detriment. And I think, um, you know, he's going to hold on to James Harden. The question is what happens with Joel Embiid, because you have to make a decision on him or at least have him make a decision on you and you have to make him happy. And I would imagine having a holdout James Harden who, you know, isn't playing or is playing lackluster who, or who's just a distraction uh, would not make J- Joel Embiid happy when he's trying to win um, with this team. So what do you think happens to Joel Embiid here? Yeah, well, it, I mean, Philly's on the clock, right? They have to yeah. build a real contender around Embiid, and it doesn't look like that's going to be with Harden. So I think you have to move him, and the sooner the better if you're Joel Embiid. And if you're the Sixers, you need to keep him happy because that guy's your franchise. You don't want to be the team that loses Joel Embiid. We're saying the same stuff about the Dallas Mavericks right now with Luka. But, so Harden opted into his deal. Yeah, I don't really understand all this contract stuff and the free agent stuff. Why did he opt in? So if he had opted out, they were going to restructure a deal or get him somewhere else. What he did was he opted in to $36.5 million and is like, trade me with the idea that he's going to get a fully new contract next year with the new team that he gets traded to. Um, opting it. out would have meant that Philly, like he could have just signed somewhere, I guess. Yeah. And, but me, it I would think, probably think, not have been for $36 million. Yeah, and I also think he was restricted. I think he would have been a restricted guy because he opted out. So okay. that means they could have kind of matched, and then they would have been in the same situation. So he holds some power excuse me, some power here with opting out. Um, or sorry, opting in and getting traded. No one thought he was going to opt in. Everyone thought he was going to opt out and go to Houston. So Or restructure a deal with Philly. So that's what that was. Um, that's why the opt-out was what it was in order to get this move to where it needed to go. Um, the, the One of the most interesting moves this week, or this weekend rather, with the free agency was Obi Toppin to the Pacers for two second round picks. Just keep an eye on the Knicks loading up wise to see what they're loading up for. Um, those second round picks apparently have become inherently valuable. Uh, we saw them get traded at a record value um, at, a, at a record number rather uh, during the trade deadline. And it seems like teams are getting them for like Bradley Beal was a bunch of seconds. So just be on the lookout. If Joel Embiid does end up going, um, just keep an eye on the Knicks because I feel like that's a team that he's been rumored to for a while. And it seems like they're trying to get some assets together to get. Yeah. And the Knicks are leaking stuff saying that they really, really want Joel Embiid and he's like their number one trade target. Yeah. Which we've known for years. I mean, there's no way they go after James Harden and Damian Lillard. I mean, you already have Brunson and they're kind of redundant with those guys. I don't think you need those guys. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I, for Philly, I mean, it sounds like they want to build around Maxi and Embiid, but you got it. They're in a really shitty situation because unless you have Maxi locked down and you think he's going to be like a mega ultra superstar, which I love Maxi. I don't think he's going to be better than Joel Embiid, 
uh, potentially. And I think you really should be building around Embiid and Maxi, but it's tough. You have, you have, you're running out of time and you need to figure something out here um, or Embiid's going to walk. So I do think they hold on to Harden for a lot longer than people are expecting. Um, yeah. I think this is going to be the start of these next two moves are going to define the player empowerment era is if it's going to be over or if we're just in the middle of it, because if, if Lillard gets granted his spot and like wants to go to Miami and he gets granted the opportunity to go to Miami, that's a bad news for us as maybe fans and teams. Um, good news for the players. And same thing, if Harden gets traded right away for a bad package, then it's a sign that we're still in the middle of the player empowerment era. If Daryl Morey stays put and really fights and gets a good package or and Damian Lillard doesn't get traded to Miami, then I think that's an interesting move and maybe senses... Uh, shows that it's the end of the player empowerment era, which I'm all for. Um, So let's transition now to Damian Lillard. Um, Jeremy Grant gets signed to a massive contract, which I think we'll get into later. Right after that happens, uh, Damian Lillard informs the team that he would like to be traded. And now, oh, and also that his preferred destination is the Miami Heat. However, he has deep respect for the Spurs, which is, a, I guess that's different than regular respect, right? It's a little bit <laughs> more intense. Oh, it sounds pretty intense and, and deep, yeah. It's like, yeah, I think you have like a Spurs shrine with that one, and you you pay respects <laughs> daily, chuck quarters at it. Um, no dimes, though. So, but yeah, it's, it's, that was a weird quote to come out. Um, I don't, let's start with the Spurs. I mean, I don't, we probably shouldn't, but let's just do that real quick. Why would they do that? The Spurs or yeah. the Blazers? The Spurs. Uh, I, so this is one of the trade packages that I actually found pretty interesting. So the Spurs get Dame, the Blazers get Keldon Johnson, Doug McDermott and three firsts, which is a lot for Dame, but Dame's awesome. And I think if you're the Spurs, like they, they want to be good and they want to make a playoff run with Wemby. Um, I mean, if, if that's the case, then you do this. If you want to be bad and you want to keep building, then obviously you don't do this trade. But I do think if Wemby is what they think he is and they want to get him in the playoffs as soon as possible, get them all experience and start Wemby's kind of postseason career and get him in those big games as soon as possible, then you do this with Dame and you're going to be, you know, pretty good. So I, I don't mind that trade if if you're the Spurs. I don't think I would do it because you still don't have enough to win a championship. And we always talk about, the middle of pack teams not being uh where you want to be but i just think it, it would be it would be good for Wemby to get playoff experience as soon as possible yeah i i don't i don't like that trade i think i don't like it for the spurs i mean we talked about it even though i was saying that they should sign some guys um to make them you know better i was talking about signing guys that are you know a little bit older but not like super old and Dame's not super old, but they're on completely different timelines. And I yeah. think it's hard when your two best players are on fully different timelines. Um, I would like them to kind of build more organically and a little bit slower. I do want them to build. Like I would like for them to be relatively good this year, try and be a play-in team, sort of Thunder-esque uh, last year, you know, what they were doing. But yeah. I think Dame makes it so that way you have to be attempting to contend with a team that's not a contending team. So it's just a weird trade for the Spurs, in my opinion. Um for the Blazers, I mean, that's the best package you're probably going to get. So, I mean, I would do that in a heartbeat. I mean, then you have a backcourt. I mean, obviously, with that trade, you'd have to get rid of Simons or one of Scoot Simons or Sharp because you're bringing in Keldon Johnson and those four guys. I mean, 
they're all kind of smaller guards. So I I would love to. Keep yeah, but Johnson. you would you would still have like, like you don't have to just get rid of them. You could get something really good back in return well, and just yeah, get rid of them in terms of you know doing a good trade to get someone yeah. back. Yeah, and then the Blazers are a very interesting team after that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, if you're the Blazers, Jordan, why the fuck would you grant Damian Lillard a trade to the Heat? The only reason is because Dame has given you so much loyalty and stayed with your franchise through everything. And and the Blazers have been an organization that clearly failed him and were mismanaged for most of Dame's career and could never put a supporting cast around him. This is a guy who was a, a top eight player on a really bad team. And if he was on a good team, you could argue he was a top five player. I thought for a long time there, he was just a rung below Steph. And I I think he's a winning player. He could have won championships if the Blazers handled him the right way. He got them to a conference finals basically by himself. He beat the Paul George and Russ Clippers basically by himself. And if you're the Blazers, you respect Dame and you appreciate what he's done for you. And after all these years of you failing him, you finally do him a solid and trade him to where he wants to go. And you still get a decent package back, even though it's not necessarily the one you want that's why you do it but overall i agree with you i would trade him wherever i get the best package i i don't care about the the loyalty stuff i'm doing what's best for my team yeah i mean i don't i don't agree with that they failed him i mean the last couple of years have been tough but dame was giving mixed signals on what they wanted or what he wanted them to do he wouldn't let them tank and then he wouldn't let them rebuild and well yeah you, that's the point he wanted listen, to win yeah, but Portland is not he's so he didn't want to be traded, but he wanted to be good right away. How does he not understand that Portland is not a team that gets free agents? And the only well, other he way he didn't for want team... to be good right away. He wanted to be good at any time during his however but 10 they were, years there. They were good at points. That LaMarcus Aldrich team with him and others were was a good team and they they made good runs. He happened to just be around in a time when LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and KD were and the Warriors were some of the best dynasties and teams in the entire NBA. And the way that teams like Portland and San Antonio and Charlotte and Detroit, other teams that are small markets are going to get good over time and organically is through rebuilding through the draft. You can't, you're not going to get free agents to come there. People don't go to Portland on free agency. Like that's not, I mean, I I say that as Jeremy Grant just signed like a five-year crazy contract, but still like that's not a free agent spot. And I mean, how else were they supposed to do it than kind of take a couple years to rebuild there, which Dame said he didn't want to do, but he also didn't want to get traded. I mean, I just think it was he should have requested earlier. He's acting like they fully failed him and did nothing. They they put together some good teams like that. Nurkic, Jeremy Grant, Nurkic, um, Dame and, and others like that was a solid team on paper. Just got kind of messed up with injuries and such. I mean, I I don't know. I I I don't think they failed them as big as everyone's been saying, but I mean, they could have done better. I obviously, so it is, I, I just don't think like you owe him enough to go say, Oh yeah, let me go fail my team and yeah. you know, trade you to Miami. I mean, it's a business well, at the end of the day. I want to stay on that for a second. Cause Dame, sorry, the, the Blazers, I think what's ha- what happened with the Blazers is what's happening right now with Philly and Dallas is the they they have one really good player and the organization can't seem to figure out the right pieces to put around him, the right trades to make 
the right free agents to sign to make it a legit contender. And then you see, is your guy the guy? Dame never had that chance. Dame was never on a team that we looked at and said, okay, they can go and win a championship. We always said, okay, they can, they can make some noise. They can upset someone. They can go make a run. But he was never on that team. And if you're Portland, that's on you. That's not Dame's fault. And I think a lot of a lot of players around the league, if they don't trade him to Miami, will look at Portland and be like, okay, those guys are assholes. I will never play for Portland because of how they treated Dame. Yeah, I, mean, I I guess, I mean, Paul George isn't going to be saying that because he has some beef with Dame Lillard. But yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from there. I just think like like the 2021-2023 team, or sorry, 2021-2022 team, Robert Covington, Josh Hart, Damian Lillard, Nasir Little, CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., Yusef Nurkic, Norm Powell, Anthony Simons, Dennis Smith Jr., Tony Snell. I mean, Cody Zeller, like that's... That's a solid team. Like that's not. It's nothing. a solid team. They they that team needed defense and they couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. So, I just yeah. I mean that that's a good point. I mean, well, they, made, answer, they made mistakes. This. Like, what? Like what is the difference between what's happening to Luca right now and what's happening to Embiid right now? I know obviously Luca hasn't been there for ten years, but it looks like that, that stuff is about to happen where they can't figure it out what the pieces are. Like is that that's the Mavericks' fault? And you wouldn't blame Luca if in 10 years or in like seven years if Luca wants out because they haven't been able to build a contender. Well, my thing with Luca is that he hasn't come in in shape every single season. And he also plays a brand of basketball that probably a lot of people don't want to go play with. I mean, you're standing in the corner and waiting for Luca to either get you the ball. He has like a 36% usage rate. And I'll always stand by the fact that that doesn't seem like a fun, you know, thing to do. But with the Blazers, they never traded away a guy like Jalen Brunson for nothing. They never made an awful trade for a guy like Kyrie giving up your best defender and future picks for a guy like Kyrie who, you know, is very uh, decisive or divisive rather. And I, I, I'm not a Kyrie guy. So the Mavericks have done more to fail Luca than the Blazers have done for Lillard. Now Embiid, that's a whole different story because I think they've been trying to put teams. I mean, the Jimmy Butler team, they have, you know, they tried it with Ben Simmons. They tried it with Jimmy Butler. They tried it with, um, who else? Who else? There's been a. I feel like I'm missing a big star. They've had, they've had guys that they've really tried to build around and bead with, and it just hasn't worked out. And I mean, they and then they they've just made some mistakes uh, drafting. And I think like, I don't know. I feel like the failures are a little bit more egregious for the Mavericks more than the Sixers and the Blazers because I think the Blazers and the Sixers have tried to put teams together around them, and they've they've made mistakes. But at the end of the day, I mean, they've at least attempted the Mavericks. I okay. Mean, like, Here's the other thing. I get your point. You're you're right that the Blazers didn't make any egregious trades. Uh, the McCollum trade I didn't like. They got like Josh Hart and a bunch of young players and draft picks, and that's fine on paper. But you're not going to build a contender that way. And I think the thing with the Blazers is they have so many assets, and they've had these assets for the last what two three years, where they have good draft picks, they have good young players. They could have gone out and got a star, and. They signed Jeremy Grant, who say what you want about his contract, but I think he could be your third best player on a contender. And I think you need to go get a second guy, get a wing defender, go trade a bunch of young guys for Paul George and trade picks, trade Simons and um, Shaden Sharp. And they didn't move Scoot. Like it's more about what Portland didn't do for Dame than what they did do. Yeah. But I mean, the Scoot, 
<clears throat> starting with Scoot, I mean, that market collapsed in on itself. No one, no one wanted to trade for that third pick. Remember, I think, heard all- I think they could still. I, I don't know where you're coming from with that because I think Scoot has like there are all a the reports ton of value right now. No, I agree with you, but I think the they didn't trade him before they picked him because, and I think the market crashed and they couldn't get anything for him. Well, because they didn't they know who that pick was going to be. If that's exactly, Brandon but, Miller, it's different. Yeah. Now that they picked Scoot, they could have traded him and they could have got a shitload for him. But it's a chicken or egg. I mean, you pick Scoot, and now you probably pick Scoot knowing that Dame Lillard is going to, you know, want it out. And then why would you trade Scoot if you won't know that Dame Lillard wants out? Because well, because <clears throat> Dame wouldn't want out if you traded Scoot. <laughs> yeah, but if I'm getting a good young player like Scoot, and you kind of already think that Dame Lillard's going to be wanting out anyways, like I, I have to think they had intel that he wanted out anyways. I think he only would have wanted out, and Butsy talked about this. The only reason he would have wanted out is because they were gonna bi- go young and build around Scoot. That like he, obviously he doesn't want to play with Scoot and Simons and all these young guys. He's that's not his timeline. If if you're the Blazers and you you want to build around Dame, you have great three great young valuable players, um, and probably more future picks that you could go out and make a blockbuster deal. And you they could build a contender right now, but they don't want to. And I understand that, but I'm just saying they could have done that. Uh, a few times over the oh, over the course of Dame's career, and they chose not to. Okay. Um. So where do you think Dame goes? Well, I think he goes to the Heat. I wrote in my notes. I wrote, "Please don't go to the fucking Heat." He's definitely going to go to the Heat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he. I don't think he goes to the Heat. I think now I, it's a it's like a principal thing where they're like, "We're not going to trade you." The heat. Why would you do, dude? The package of Tyler Hero, Duncan Robert. Ro- oh my goodness. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Nikola Jovic, Jaime Hawkes, and some seconds or first with a Heat team that's good every single year. That doesn't do anything for me. Well, they're trying to find a third team for Hero, which is yeah. the only way I think it happens. And I think that will happen because I do think Hero is being actually a little undervalued on the trade market right now. People are kind of talking about him in a negative light, but he's it's more a really of the contract. I think it's the contract yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he goes to the Heat. I think the Blazers see Dame and like like it's the point I mentioned earlier. If they don't trade him to the Heat, they're going to be looked at in a certain light around the league where it's like they don't treat their players right. Why would you want to go play for the Blazers? Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I don't know. It's I hate this era right now where you can opt into contracts and then just request a trade right in the beginning of your contract. Like you're not now it's you're you're going. You're getting. Well, paid. contracts just don't mean anything when you see yeah. like five years, however many million dollars. Like it, it could be one year. Yeah, like the Fred Van Vliet thing. It's like yeah, he goes signs, and then you're like, all right. So when do you think he's going to opt out or request a trade and be unhappy and get <laughs> traded to a contender? Because that'll probably happen before or after summer league even starts. Like, what are yeah. we doing here? Just so, never plays in a Rockets jersey. I mean, why would you? That team is kind of all up and. It's a, it's a crazy team actually. Um, there's a there's no more, there's no more really bad teams. Have you thought about this? I'm sure there will be. I, I don't know. Like Charlotte's going to be, be bad. There. Wizards are going to yeah. be bad. But all those teams are still fun. Yeah, like, it's going to be fun to watch a Wizards players. team with Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma and you know whoever yeah. just like running around. Charlotte, you're going to want to watch for Lamelo and Brandon Miller. Utah's going to be good. OKC is going to be good. I mean. Portland's going to be rough, but I want to see Scoot and I want to see 
excuse me, Shane Sharp. Um, and then Spurs are going to be fun to watch. I mean, there's no more like awful yeah, teams. I agree. You say you hate this era, but this is a. I think the NBA is in a pretty good spot. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's just better talent. Um, like I just think everyone's way better because we we're kind of figuring out how to train young kids to be awesome at basketball. Yeah. I would like more loyalty. I hate. I mean, I, as much as I like seeing change and I love the trades and everything, it, it's getting a little bit annoying. Where it's like, there's not. So a you're lot annoyed with Dame for wanting out? No, I'm not. I'm not necessarily annoyed with him. I I was annoyed with the quotes, all like the last month. Yeah. Like everything just coming out. He's like, Dame wants this. Dame wants this. Dame's been told, telling this. Dame's been saying this. Dame's been doing this. And it's like, all right, we fucking get it. Like, <laughs> I don't care. I like just. It's just make a decision. It's clear that you want out. Just say it. We all knew he wanted out even before the draft. Yeah. The one thing I would say is like the the Harden requests and the Dame requests. Fu- I, yeah, those are different. Harden, Harden, <laughs> like, fu- I saw some people shitting on Embiid saying that they were giving stats. They're like, so Butler leaves, Simmons leaves, and now Harden. Should we start asking about Embiid? Dude, Harden does this. I don't if you're if you're putting that tweet out there saying that the reason Harden is leaving is because of Embiid and oh god Embiid no. drives stars away. You don't watch basketball because this is what Harden does every time. He drove out the coach. Like, dude, Harden got into the Sixers and just kind of decimated their franchise. He comes in, <laughs> he gets he says he takes a pay cut so they can bring on PJ Tucker on like a contract that's a that's probably way too big for PJ Tucker at this age and value. And then you bring him in. And then he um, gets rid of Doc Rivers, and then now he wants to be traded, and that might mess up your next year, which could mess up you having Joel Embiid for the rest of your life. I mean, like, this is fucked. The best part of the James Harden era was the fact that you saved yourself from a Ben Simmons career and just got him off early. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> and then you you just had Harden kind of for two years. Guess what? But, I, I don't Harden know. You said you might come back. So. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, Bill Simmons came out with his – Trade requests, whatever yeah, rankings, all time trade requests <laughs> for stars. Yeah, and Harden's the leader with three, obviously with Houston, then Brooklyn, now Philly. I don't know if I blame him a lot for the Brooklyn one because that was a Kyrie situation, which yeah. I don't know if anyone would want to be a part of. Houston was just soft; like you, you can just handle yourself better than, <laughs> than the way he this, this one forced himself this one's out of Houston. There. Yeah, this one, like I don't know. What other team you're looking for? Like you, at some point you got to look yourself in the mirror and be like, "Wait, why did we lose this year? Was it everyone else, or was did I have a part in this?" Like, because yeah. Harden was as big a reason as for them losing as anyone was. So, I don't know what he's looking for. Like, you're not going to go to a whole. There's not a whole bunch of teams that are way better than Philly, and the teams that are better than Philly aren't going to trade for you. So, I don't know what he's looking for. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, all right, let's talk about our favorite and least favorite moves from the free agency. Um, we can do like a little draft kind of thing, just one after another. So you can start, Jordan. I think I know what your moves is moves are, but well, you ahead. you think there's going to be a whole lot of Lakers on there, and you might just be right. <laughs> I think the first one is either Austin Reeves or Gabe Vincent. First one is Austin Reeves. It's a great Four move. Years. It's a, it's. I think it might be the best move of the of the free agency period. <laughs> I think so too. Four year, fifty six million. Um, Reeves is worth way more than fourteen million a year. He oh, was yeah. he was supposed to get way more. I don't really understand the early bird rights and the contract. So if you want to talk about that, you can. If not, I don't really care because either way, they got him for a bargain. Uh, he's a seventeen point a game guy who closed games for them. 
who was not afraid of the moment. He can handle the ball. He makes huge shots. I think this is an absolute steal for them. This was, of all the moves they made, like they made great moves um, in filling out their roster. But if they had screwed this up, they would have been screwed for next year, in my opinion. I think he's their third best player. And this this was just the best possible scenario, the best price to get Austin Reeves at. Early bird rights are the team that signs him gets the op- opportunity to offer him like 175% contract in, uh, increase at in the second year. So they're doing this with the idea that like, dude, we can't pay right now, but two years from now you get like a crazy increase on your contract. So this is Reeves saying, okay, I get it. We want to win a championship. I won't sign the huge contract right now. Yeah, and it's also teams weirdly not offering any massive contracts. Yeah, yeah. The, I was going to say the, the should Spurs have or like any team with a bunch of cap space could have offered him $100 million. Yes, and then they would have just either had to ma- – like I don't understand why that doesn't happen. I don't I don't get why yeah. that didn't happen. I mean the Spurs yeah. didn't make sense to me with their moves. This, um, Like you could – are you telling me – at the end of the day, they're rivals with the Lakers. So – they're in the same conference. Like, why would you not at least offer it just to make it uncomfortable for them? Yeah, like, and the Lakers would have paid. Like, it's not like you would have been stuck with Austin Reeves. The Lakers yeah. would have matched it. And even if you are, it's not stuck with Austin Reeves. <laughs> you have an awesome player who's not going to yeah. be going. Who's good? He's going to be good and has the body type and um player type to always be good and not really go down at a hill for the for at least a while. Like, I I didn't get that. Um, yeah. Like, it's not like you're going to be bringing in Evan Fournier on a massive deal. Like, you're going to be getting you know, a good player. Um, but yeah, so that that's a great first pick. My first pick random um, random Fournier shot there. Well, I mean, come on now. Great. <laughs> I, I, I was just trying to think of like awful contract guy and it's Evan Fournier. <laughs> Davis okay, Bertans, Bertans too. Yeah. Um, okay. My first favorite one was oh, this is hard. Um, Bruce Brown. And <clears throat> it was an overpay for sure. But I look at that as like a tax for coming to Indiana because I mean it's not like a free agent destination, you know, and it's, it's not a hotbed of free agents. I am obsessed with this team now. This is going to be my most watched team, I think, other than the Celtics. It's going to be like Celtics, Denver, Indiana, Spurs, um, maybe Blazers, Utah are definitely going to be all teams that I'm just going to be binge watching. The Pacers, dude, I think if the, when the Celtics play the Pacers, I'm going to have to go because you're watching Tyrese Halliburton, Andrew Nemhard, Obi Toppin, Bruce Brown, Jairus Walker, um, you know, they got rid of Chris Duarte, who's all that was all right, but they, they just have Buddy Heald, Miles Turner. Um, they have a semblance of something now. This team is going to be so fun to watch. They all really work well together. And Bruce Brown is kind of the perfect player to plug in next to Tyrese Halliburton. Um, Halliburton's an elite passer. He's going he's he's like a Jokic passer. Um, obviously nowhere else near Jokic uh, body type and play style, but the passing is there. And I know it's an overpay, but I mean, this team is instantly really, really fun and honestly, like, can make some noise in the playoffs. Maybe not go super far, but I mean, you got to do it. And I, I, I just love this move for them. Yeah, it was an overpay, but it was only two years, right? So it's not a huge yeah. deal. You're not, you're not locked in for team too option. long. It's a team option on the second, I believe. So realistically, yeah. you're paying like 18, uh, 14 or 18 million to Bruce Brown your one year. Yeah, so, I mean, good for Bruce Brown. Got paid one of the best role players in the league. I don't know what the starting lineup will look like. I would think he starts, and I hope he does because you're paying him a shitload of money. But I want to talk about what this means for Denver. This is a big loss for them. 
Do you think this uh, affects Denver at all? I mean, it's going to affect them, but Denver's really, really good, really deep, and I think they believe in Christian Brown enough that he's going to slide in and take that Bruce Brown role. Yeah, that's fair. All right, uh, I'll give you a least favorite. I, I don't really have a ton of least favorites. The only one I didn't like was D'Lo going back to oh, yeah. the Lakers, and they might still trade him, I guess, but they brought Gabe Vincent in, which I loved, and to me, Vincent is like a more consistent – um, higher floor, lower ceiling version of D'Lo. He's not going to give you the huge game that D'Lo will, um, uh, but he's not going to give you the stinker as often as D'Lo does and like hurt your team. I think Gabe Vincent always will help your team win. So I don't know why you bring D'Lo back. Now you, you have Reeves, you have Vincent, and you have D'Lo, and you have LeBron. So you've got a lot of guys with the ball on your hand or in their hand. And D'Lo, two-year, $36 million, his stats aren't that bad, but man, did he hurt them in that playoff run? And he he can come back and have some sort of redemption arc year, like a like a little subplot. D'Angelo Russell goes off um, for forty in a playoff game, but like I just don't I don't think it's necessary. I don't think you desperately need his offense that bad now that you have Vincent and you resign Reeves. So I think they overpaid for him, and I just think he's not a guy that's gonna help you win games um, more than he's gonna force you to lose games yeah i'm not a D-Lo guy but i do think this contract is very tradable so i think it's more of just getting a trade piece on the team um maybe that gives you some options to make moves later in the season if something you know is going on and you're not looking like you need to look so i think that's really what that is but i'm with you i'm you know you know i'm just i do not like watching D-Lo play it's <laughs> i know yeah and i've defended him before like he has really good games, and he has games where he completely takes over and just takes the load off of LeBron and AD. But I think the Vincent thing changes it, and you just don't have a need for him now. So yeah. I, I want to see them trade him. And if you're right about that, then I'm completely wrong, and this is a great deal if they end up trading him. Yeah. Um. Do you have any other least favorites? Not, I don't. I have okay. one that I put in there, and now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, I don't really think that's a bad deal. So All right, I, I'll I talk a, about it. I have a good amount, so I'm just going to run through mine. Uh, Dylan Brooks, Jeremy Grant, Fred Van Vliet, Max Struess, and DeMontis Sabonis um, were my least favorites. Uh, Dylan Brooks, I mean, you just – there's no one else in that market. Why are you overpaying him like that? I Like, no other <laughs> team is over, going to overpay him at the amount that you pay Dylan Brooks. Not to mention, you really think him and Eme are going to get along really well? You think that's going to be something? Or maybe maybe he changes Dylan Brooks. I don't know. I okay. Think I... So this is the one that I wrote down. And I have it in my least favorites. But, like, four-year, $80 million, That that sounds like a lot. But is it? Is $20 million a year yes, that much? Yes, it is for, a, for Dylan <laughs> Brooks, who was god-awful in, in I the mean, playoffs in the last part of the season. A, he's a great defender. And he's a shot chucker, and he's inefficient. But for the Rockets, like, where are you going to spend that money? They're not going to sign some big free agent. So go bring in a, a veteran and a defender and a guy who can at least instill hard work into the young guys. And I think Ime, you mentioned, he loves defense. Ime is a defensive coach, so I think they'll gel on that front at least. I do think it's too much money, and I also think Houston really needs, like, a veteran presence. Um, and they got Freddie. So I think Fred's a good vet. I don't know if Dylan Brooks yeah, is the Dylan type Brooks of attitude is, yeah. that you want to bring in there, which is why I had it there in my least favorites. But I just think if this was a different team and it was four-year $80 million, I would say it's terrible. 
but it's the Rockets and they're bad and they have money that they're not going to spend. So you may as well spell spend it. I don't know. I I just don't like this trade. It's not. I, I just spend... <laughs> well, you're a big Dylan Brooks hater. Like I'm not a big you, Dylan think, Brooks player hater. I love his defense. I think he's I just, a little bit better than you give him. He's credit not worth for twenty million dollars of... a year. You can't sit no, here and tell not. me. Dylan... Yeah, and I. <laughs> but for I, the Rockets, there's no other. There's no other team in that market. No other teams were in the market for Dylan Brooks that were gonna like take him out from underneath you. I mean, I have no idea if that's true. I just don't know. Like. I don't know if you know. I don't know <laughs> that not, either. We're I'm, not in those I, circles. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Uh, like I. I think I'm pretty sure I know that. Also, I'm not a Dylan Brooks hater because I wanted him on the Celtics at the end of the season. So, well, then I don't know why you think this is such a bad deal. Like the because the I just were so hard to watch last year, Max. They were I know. so bad. This... Listen, they are guard dominant. They have a bunch of young players. They're gonna like why now you're just gonna have some guys playing behind Dylan Brooks for no reason. I I think there are better <laughs> vets available that you could have overpaid for. And I mean, maybe Ime fixes his attitude. But what Dylan Brooks did was went to a young Grizzlies team and made them talk a lot of shit before they actually won anything. And now he's gonna go to a young Houston team that's gonna hopefully not, but might make them talk a lot of shit before they win anything. And that dude, is he was so about. he was so absolutely abysmal in the playoffs and later like in like the late season and then started the playoffs and into the playoffs he was so fucking bad that <laughs> like that that he was so bad so i i just to see him get paid 20 million a year and get rewarded for honestly being a fucking douche like he was the dirtiest player in the league and i understand being a hard-nosed player what he was doing was dirty like hitting lebron in the nuts um just being an asshole, like, yeah, I can understand. I think you might dick, just but... you might just not like this style of player. Like, this is the I like Pat the hard no, I like the this I, is oh, yeah, Draymond. Like... This I is like Draymond. Dylan Brooks. So I, I mean, if you're playing with Dylan Brooks, I think you love think... Dylan Brooks as as a teammate. Yeah, he loved him so much that Grizzlies didn't want him back. <laughs> well, the Grizzlies teammates probably did want him back. The Grizzlies organization. I didn't see a lot antics. of guys come out. I didn't see a lot of guys come out uh, in support of Dylan Brooks when the Grizzlies well, dismissed him. That's a different situation too, because Jaw was flashing guns everywhere, and that whole culture yeah. needed a shift. But Houston needs the shift more towards being assholes and Ema and Fred being Van defenders. Like you, got, like you got, you got good, two good culture guys. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It, this is redundant. Um. All right, my next one was Jeremy Grant. Um, I like Jeremy Grant as a player, but this contract extension was way too big. You overpaid him greatly, and that's a very untradeable contract now, so that's why he's on this list for me. Um, second one was Fred Van Vliet, or third one. I like, I love Fred Van Vliet as well, and I think he's a good signing. Just, I mean, at his age, uh, with his body type, like those smaller guards really do not hold up well, and I'm worried for the last, you know, two, three years of this contract, but... Um, I do understand why I put it. This one was kind of like maybe, you know, not not like super on there. Um, <clears throat> the other one, Max Struess, that's an overpay for sure for Cleveland. Like I like what Cleveland did actually. They got a bunch of three and D guys, which was funny. Um, it's almost like they listened to what we were saying. Like you guys need three and D guys. Like you need well, three that was and D guys. Really obvious. That that's not yeah. us. That's everyone. No, it, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, like it's funny that they didn't do it at the trade deadline and then it fucked them over and they're like, Oh, I guess we should have done it. So then they <laughs> went and they did a lot of it. They got in a bunch of guys, but um, you know, Max Struess, I think that's a big overpay for a position that you can like three and D guys are not readily available, but they're, they're out there. Um, 
And then Spruce finally, also not like an amazing defender, and he's not a no. huge body. What is he like six five? Yeah, he's six five, and he also you, he has nights where he's like zero for seven, and then he has nights where he's like seven for seven. He's not See, super consistent. So he's six five, like he's a shooting guard to me. He's not a forward. So yeah, do you start Donovan Garland and Struce now because you're really. No, small. I don't think you start Struce. Yeah, I, I guess you're bringing a guy off the bench who's making sixty three million dollars over the next three yeah. years. Well, that's why it's on the uh, bad, the, the least favorite signing. And then finally, Demontis Sabonis. Uh, I'm, I've said this for all of them, but I like Sabonis. Um, can we just wait a little bit on the extension after you saw him, you know, fully broken in the playoffs? Like, did anyone else watch that Sacramento Kings thing and not think that Sabonis looked like and thought that Sabonis looked bad? Is that just me? No, he definitely looked bad. I think. The Kings are hoping it was just a one series thing. Yeah, maybe a, he was injured. A mental thing, maybe an injury thing, maybe a Draymond thing. So, I mean, he, he just, had such a good season. So, it yeah, was, he, he had what seven bad games. True. He just, um, I don't know. He looks so fully limited to me, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, don't like when defenses him. start really game planning for him, then it maybe his impact kind of changes. Yeah, that's what that's what it's just and I know he's he's also he's 27 so it's not like a terrible like that brings him to 32. So this one this one, you know, if that's an iffy addition, it was just one that I was like I, I saw the number and I was like, "Whoa, that's a big payment, but that's the tax for going to Sacramento, I think." So, um my favorite signing um and we can just kind of run through these real quick. Uh Dante DiVincenzo, I f- absolutely love that signing for to where? New York. To New York Knicks, um, all bringing home the Villanova squad. First off, I think he's like kind of exactly what they need, and then secondly, I just he has it with Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson. Anything to make Brunson happy, and this is a great signing. Eric Gordon getting him for nothing to Phoenix, a guy that's really really good and is going to be an impact player who shoots the ball extremely well. I love that pickup for Phoenix, and then Gabe Vincent to the Lakers. Um, I mean you got a great, like the ideal guy to go with LeBron. I mean, so he's going to be awesome there. And I think the Lakers re- did a really good job. And I'm not going to talk about winners and losers because that may or may not be a part two of this uh, podcast. But yeah, uh, what what were your favorite signings? Uh, well, I like the Vincent one because I think you're right that that's a perfect player to pair with LeBron. Um, a score first point guard who can spot up and works his ass off on defense, doesn't need the ball in his hands a whole lot to be effective, but also just kind of makes the right play a lot. So I think Vincent's perfect in L.A. I want to talk about Eric Gordon a little bit. He's getting a little older. He signed a super cheap deal. Yeah. Two-year, $6.5 million. Eric Gordon used to be like an upper, upper echelon, top-end role player in the league. He's not quite that anymore, but he's still a very good above-average role player that the Suns just – they went to everyone on that bench last year and could not find it. So I think this fills a massive need for them. The Suns overall, I think, had a great couple of days of free agency. Yeah, they they absolutely killed it. And Eric Gordon is going to be um, really useful for that team, as you mentioned. And I don't know if you took a look at the Suns' average three-point shooting percentage on their team or like the three-point shooting percentages for everyone. I'm pretty sure everyone's over 30% on the team, which is ridiculous. That's yeah, DeAndre Ayton. See over. Oh, 30? maybe not him. Maybe maybe not him. Are hey, they going to trade was... him? By the way, do you think they still should? Well, now they have a filled out roster, so why? Yeah, that's uh... what I'm saying. <laughs> maybe you keep him now. Yeah, but maybe. I don't know. Like he's still kind of a. I just I didn't think they were going to player. 
Yeah. Well, I think I think people are too low on DeAndre Ayton now. Yeah, that's true. Like the like the the, the discourse. They're acting like this guy can't play at all. This guy's he DeAndre awesome. DeAndre Ayton is an awesome player. Like he's twenty and ten. Yeah. So like yeah, that's true. Like how many big guys are twenty and ten that have serviceable defense? I mean, yes, I would like him to play harder, but it's all a situational thing, I think. Wow, complete flip on DeAndre Ayton. I don't know. I never I never was yet. so I never was super <laughs> out on DeAndre Ayton. I don't know where you're getting that from. Well, we said we should trade him. Yeah, it but I think great. like you created an entirely new team around them. The only two players that are remain, or it's Okogi, Booker, and KD are the only guys in campaign that are the only guys returning. So, oh, and Landell went back, right? No, he sent somewhere else. So they they need another big. I think I think Aiton's the their only. No, they got Metu. Chiemzu right Metu. Yeah, I mean, is that the guy you want though? He's solid. He's very serviceable. <laughs> He's not bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I think like I think the market has been or the people. People are talking crazy about DeAndre Ayton. He's still a really good player. I suppose if there's no good trade package out there, then you hold on to him. And they're Jordan, they have an entirely new coach, and they have a bunch of new players. Like maybe you don't think that, and an entirely new owner. You don't think that? No, I'm with you. I think it could work. I just think I don't like guys that are soft and guys that get disengaged when they don't get the ball. And if you think DeAndre Ayton didn't get the ball last year, he's not getting the ball this year with. Bradley Beal replacing Chris Paul. So there's not a lot of touches to go around for him. I think there's a scenario where I see him being very unhappy and disengaged the whole year and just hurting the Suns and them trading him like right before the deadline. So yeah, I see that scenario. And maybe you let that play out. And if if the start of the season goes well, then you keep him. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Yeah, I I think uh, before the free agency signing, you're probably doing a three for one. Um for DeAndre, but now it's like you got your filler. And I, I didn't I think the reason that we were all saying that is because we didn't realize that these guys were gonna take cuts like that or if they were gonna be able to maneuver the deals that they did. They did really well. True. Good yeah. point. Um all right, anything else before we go to part two? Uh speaking of cuts, I think the Chris Middleton signing was huge. And oh, yeah. Three years, hundred two million, could have gotten a ton of money somewhere else. And decides to come back to the Bucks. Did Brooke Lopez sign yet? Yeah, he he signed. He signed, so he, I'm guessing he took a pay cut, which, I mean, good for the Bucks And for the Heat, they might get Dame, so the Celtics could be fucked. This is not looking good. Wait, we got, we got Porzingis. I, don't, like, I know. I, I still like do anything. Do you like – I still like the Bucks a little better than the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so, too, but – I mean, we haven't seen Porzingis play yet, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, true. Um, I listen, good, good for the Bucks for getting their guys to take pay cuts, and good for those guys to want to win a ring, not go chase the bag. True. Um, and then real quick, Jalen Brown has not signed his extension yet. I'm starting to get a little nervous. I'm just gonna say that he could sign days ago. And he okay. Yeah, I'm not super nervous. I think this actually might be them taking time to work out a somewhat team friendly deal. And I looked into it. Obviously. He's going to want the Supermax, which means him and Tatum are going to take up 70% of our cap space, which is just not fun to think about. But what they could do is some sort of team option. And the thing I saw is a player option after three years and a team option after four gives them a little bit more flexibility if they do really want to get out of it at that point instead of waiting the full contract. So I think that they could be negotiating um, a little something and going back and forth, but still – 
they're going to come to the conclusion that Jalen Brown will sign the contract and stay with the Celtics. So I'm not overly um, nervous. All right. You, you saved me from the ledge there because I was freaking out a little bit, <laughs> but that's good. I, my biggest fear is they trade him for Dame, and then it's like you like decimate the team for Dame, and we don't have a ton of depth, and then it's like you know Dame has a quad or a hip issue immediately, and then it's like, oh, well, Tatum's unhappy. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, Tatum's unhappy. Now we have no one. Now Rebuild. We're done. Okay, Jordan Walsh, you good, right? All right. And <laughs> poor Zingas. Zingy, Walsh, where are you? Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah, so that's going to do it for part one of our NBA free agency extravaganza podcast. Uh, stay tuned. Summer League, uh, Charlotte and the Spurs are playing at eight o'clock on ESPN tonight. You got to check. You got to watch that for Brandon Miller versus Wemby, right? That's going to be awesome. I'm probably not going to watch. I'm on vacation, by the way. So, so what are you I... doing that me that makes you not <laughs> able to watch that? That's amazing. Oh, we'll we'll probably be out to dinner. What time's it at? Eight. Yeah. That's a little under the phone, under the table phone watching, at least, dude. That's, <laughs> that's that warrants that to see Wemby. That's like <laughs> watching. It's like missing Michael table. Jordan, LeBron's summer league, just to. You we'll know. be, we'll be saying grace, and I'll just be like, yeah. "Fucking Wemby, you gotta dunk that shit." Yeah, yeah fuck. I probably would have dunked it. Yeah, probably would have. <laughs> probably. Hey, with Brandon Miller too. I mean, number two versus number one. Get out of here, dude. Um, forget right. about it. Forget about it. All right, that's going to be part one of our NBA free agency extravaganza. Stay tuned for part two, which should be coming out tomorrow morning. Um, and then maybe with a little summer league reaction. We also have Zwick and Butsy coming out with some NFL episodes. And Rotomy's going to be on talking some more NBA stuff. So we're going to have an action-packed week. Thank you all for listening. And peace.